0: Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boost they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now on to the show, folks. Check it out. What's good, everybody? Happy new week. Well, I guess I don't know what you call it, a new week. Well... Last week of summer league, that is, what's going on, everybody? Jason Jones of the Athletic, a longtime Kings uh, beat writer, uh, writer about the Kings culture, whatever else happens that come across my plate. And you are listening to the latest episode of the Ruler of the Court podcast, where I bring you Sacramento Kings talk, I bring you that hip hop conversation, and whatever else might come into mind. Uh, you know, we'll tackle all of that here. Have a little fun with it. You know how I do at this point. So let's jump right in. Let's get to uh, some summer league chatter. Uh, I left. I left Vegas uh, last Wednesday, so I haven't. I wasn't in town for the last couple of games. Had some family stuff to do over the weekend, but I was able to check out Sunday's game and catch <coughs> uh, the. Uh, Chemezi Metu, incident situation where he's driving in, clearly going in for a dunk late in the game. Eugene Omoruyi, uh, two-way player, recently signed a two-way with Dallas, uh, catches uh, at near the legs, dangerous play. Uh, you might call it a dirty play. I don't know Eugene like that to be breaking down his intent. You know, a lot of times in the league you'll know a guy or you know, a guy'll have a reputation and a history and you'll say, You know what? That was dirty. He knew what he was doing. But I'm not gonna disparage the man's character but you know, at this point, but um uh, Bobby Jackson did say to he said it was probably a dirty play, but he has to look at the replay again. But back to what happened, you know, Chemezi, of course, has a bad history recently of hard fouls while going up on a play. Uh, if you remember, um back in February after you know he goes up to score against uh, Memphis. Jonas Valanciunas grabs him by the leg, spins him while he's in the air. He lands lands bad, breaks his wrist. Could have cost him a whole lot of money. He does come back in time to uh, earn a um, have his two-way deal converted into a standard. No, not converted. He just signed a new NBA deal. Recently, uh, just last past week, had the first half of that deal guaranteed. So he's gonna make a you know, he's got got about half of his $1.8 million deal, approximately $1.8 guaranteed right now. But back to what happened. Uh, after Tramezi lands, he gets up and goes uh, AJ Styles, Tito Santana, and just throws a forearm. I can even say carrying across at this point, for those who don't get it, those are all pro wrestling references, but the forearm right in Omoruyi's face. Um, Omoruyi gets a flagrant two ejection. Uh, Chemezi gets ejected as well for throwing or for throwing a punch. And just not a good situation overall. Expect Chemezi to not be available for the next King Summer League game. But... To me, that's not the, the whole big picture with this. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what happens when you try to have a snack in the middle of a podcast. Sometimes I uh, <laughs> get a little choked up. But this goes back to the whole notion of are the kings tough enough? And I'm sure there's a plenty of people who figure, you know what? I'm glad Chamezi responded. You know, we're tired of seeing the Kings get pushed around and punked every night. No, you know, this shit's old. It's tired. It happens all the time. And I can understand that sentiment. But you cannot jump up and throw a forearm or an elbow, you know, that whole region to someone's head. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, you just can't. And Bobby Jackson, after the game, he said as much, you know, you got to be smarter. You know, everyone understands... Chimese's anger. I think anyone who, who saw his reaction automatically went back to the situation with Memphis, where, you know, where he ends up breaking his wrist, and there was essentially no get-back. You know, Kings played the Grizzlies again. Didn't feel like there was any extra angst or uh, about what had happened. I mean, Shemese missed a significant amount of time with that injury. So, if anybody wasn't going to take that or, you know... This time, it's no surprise that it would be Mezzi not taking that. That being said, still can't throw a forearm at someone's head. Yes, and I know, but uh the play was dangerous, and I think no one's gonna hold this over Chemezi long term. I think what Bobby called it was a learning experience, and it is a learning experience because the way Chemezzi plays, you know, he's a, he's you know he's long, he's athletic. He's gonna get. He's gonna go up and have a chance to dunk on a lot of people, and especially in a situation like this where you're up significantly in a game, somebody's not gonna like it. And if you're gonna be about that, you know, you know, be about that high flying life, there's chances that things like this could happen, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to see Chimezi, um Turn down or tone down his aggression. Certainly not that. You stiffly want him to go out there and be an aggressive player still. But you also have to you have to kind of keep in mind that hey, when these things do happen, Messi, you can't go out there and knock, you know, knock people's heads off, literally. There's there's different ways to uh there's different ways to go about this. There's different ways to Figure out, you know, how to make this thing happen. There's different ways about it. So, that being said, this will not be a trash Chemezi for what he did session. I think, if anything, all of us understand his reaction. I'm sure he might have, you know, not sure. You know, he wasn't talked to us after the media. You know, media in the COVID and the pandemic were a little bit different. You just can't go in the locker room. I'm not even there anyway. But if you, even if I were, you just can't go and grab a guy and ask him what happened. But I'm sure that situation flashed through his mind. I'm sure Chemezi is ultra aware or sensitive to guys taking cheap shots at him. And for the record, I think what Valanchunas did was way was was significantly worse because to me, there was much more intent. Uh, I think you can you can make you can have a dirty play and not necessarily, or you can be reckless and not necessarily mean to so, so much hurt someone. Maybe that's what happened today uh, it, in this situation. Oh, I'm recording this on Sunday after that game, so that's why I'm saying I said today. But maybe that was the case. I don't know. You know, there's no need for Umari Umari to try to Omari, i sorry to try to make a play to get you know, get a contract. He's already signed a two-way deal. You know, He's going to be taken care of, so to speak, going into this season. So, again, rough situation, tough thing. You hate to see it happen. I'm going to throw all the cliches at you, but I will say that for those who are saying they want to see toughness from the Kings, I get it, but I'm not sure if I would consider this Tough, you know the type of toughness you want. You want to be tough, but you got to be smart. And throwing, a, going at someone's head is not smart in the big picture. And I think that's why Bobby said we still have Chemezi's back. You know, we support him, we understand, but you got to be smarter. And I think I, uh, from my interactions with Chemezi he's a smart guy. Emotion happens all the time in this game. Back, you know, sports are very emotional. And I think in the long, you know he'll be fine after this. You know, uh, won't be any lingering situation. No need to worry about if he's a hothead, all that stuff. I think he'll be fine after this. Now, which brings us to the second news of the day, and not surprising news, but seeing some of the reactions, I was kind of surprised by those. But the Kings are waved Justin James, uh, August 15th was the day where if Justin was still on the roster by the end of the day, his um, salary for next season, roughly $1.8 million, would be guaranteed. So the Kings went ahead and waived him. And that means uh, pretty much the last uh, rotation player, that, or not rotation, ra- last roster player that Vlade Divac drafted is no longer a king. And James was one of three first-round picks. I mean, second-round picks of the Kings in 2019 clearly didn't get much of a chance. You know, and there were questions as to why you wouldn't keep him, just from the fact fact that his salary, relatively speaking, is not crazy. Secondly, this team is really short on on wing players, and if anything, Justin James is a wing player. That being said, we do have a new GM, or this is Monty McNair's team now, and he will not be beholden to what the previous regime did in the draft, what they liked, who they liked, none of that stuff. Secondly, we're talking about a guy who was a second-round pick who showed some promise late last season, but probably wasn't enough to secure a spot in the rotation or... Given the king salary cap situation, where they're pretty much at the cap, and this is a team that's not very good at the cap, you know, just to be, you know, you know, to be in that situation for a guy that maybe you figure doesn't, you you can get uh, what you're looking for from him, and a Terrence uh, Davis, you can get some of those minutes from Mo Harkless, maybe. Even a guy like Lewis King, who was, looked really, who was a two way player who looked really good in the Summer League, maybe you can, you know, if you need an extra wing player, you steal some minutes from him, you know, by bringing him up from Stockton. So there's a lot of logical reasons why I could see why you make this move. But I still was so sort of surprised by some of y'all reacting to this, like the Kings just let De'Aaron Fox go. Or, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, don't like this move. Monty's messing up. I'm like, calm down, people. Calm down. I mean, this. I think everyone involved in this situation, from Justin on down, expect this to be the decision. And the question has come up, well, why didn't they let him play in Summer League to showcase himself? I'll give you the answer. <laughs> why would Justin go and play Summer League and risk injury for the Kings only to go ahead and get cut anyway on the 15th? That makes no sense. There's no way in hell that Justin or his agent or anyone with sense would tell him to play Summer League to prove himself. Or showcase himself. Justin doesn't have to showcase himself to anyone. I mean, he's been in the league two years. He was you know, he's a recent draft pick. People know or have an idea who Justin James is. You don't go out there and play summer league to try to prove it when you, you know, potentially have a guaranteed deal on you know on the table. Secondly, forget, the Kings had until this day to the fifteenth to let him go. Why do you hold on to the last day? You know, you might need Justin's contract in a trade, Very possibly maybe you had some deals where his deal would have been included. And so you just don't, you know, waive him, you know, August 5th until, you know, you've exhausted all possibilities. You know, so again, this is a business decision. It's not personal. And I'm still surprised how many adults take some of these decisions personally like it's a personal attack on the player or them it's just weird to me but hey maybe i'm just jaded you know so it was also kind of lumped into the notion of uh, the kings didn't say goodbye to kyle guy properly you know and that you know and all that and yeah i get it. it's a bit it's, yeah, I, I just don't have a lot of uh emotional bandwidth to get caught up in whether or not Monty McNair called Kyle Guy to wish him the best. I mean, would it be a nice thing to do? Yeah. Am I going to sit around and think that, you know, that's the the definition of, you know, a a terrible team? No. And no, I don't know if uh, anyone called uh, (laughs) Justin James to wish him the best or if the Kings Twitter account will have a thing that they had for Hassan Whiteside thanking him for what he's brought his time in Sacramento really I just can't and I like Justin personally you know I wrote the first feature about him in when he got to Sacramento or before he even arrived in Sacramento so I think you know he showed he did show some things and I thought there was a chance but it was a very 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 small chance that the Kings would keep him around just because he was a wing player with some length and athleticism and like I said that's largely due to to me salary cap and roster limits that's what it was about that was all it was about to me and that's why the move was expected not a surprise at all to me and I think after all uh, people get done complaining and being angry whatever reason I don't know people will go be fine I believe Justin will get another shot somewhere at some point and life will go on and He'll be fine, but I've, oh, I'm always intrigued by the angst whenever the Kings release a player, especially a player who was not even in the rotation. We saw the same with Daquan Jeffries. Like, oh, shit, they, they, they screwed him over. They never gave him a chance. They only see Daquan now be on his second team since the Kings let him go. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's always amazing to me, just the reaction and also the fact that you can't whine and moan and complain about how bad the team is and how bad things have been run. And then when you make changes, but you don't want to get rid of any of the players or change any of the players, which I don't understand. Oh, I forgot why. Uh, a lot of you think you just change the coach and all of a sudden they become the 96 Bulls. <sighs> oh, I hate to be the, uh, the, the, the bearer of reality. It don't work like that way in this league. Don't work like that at all got me tongue-tied talking about this shit again it's just just amazing to me that people can still get so worked up over these situations but it is what it is uh we'll move on from that to just address the other news of the week the kings officially signed alex lynn to his two-year deal which gives the kings a whole lot of damn big men now and let me, and, and also this week, uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Chemezi Metu's deal became the, the partial guarantee. Same for center Damian Jones. So let me just run down the centers right now. You got Rashawn Holmes resigned. You got Alex Lynn signed. You got Damian Jones under contract. You got Tristan Thompson who can play the five. And then you get the four spot. You've got. Marvin Bagley, the third stone on the team. Like I said, Tristan Thompson can play some four. You got Chemezi Meto. That's a whole lot of bigs. And the Kings are still thin at the wing spots. That sounds crazy to say the wing spots. <laughs> but you guys know what I mean. They need somebody besides just Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless in that six seven six eight range who can, you know, you know, play three, play some small ball four, guard bigger twos. They need more than just those two guys. So as we stand today, the Kings have a whole lot of bigs and a whole lot of point guards or a whole lot of combo guards if you want to go go that route and say De'Aaron, Tyrese, Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis, Buddy Healed, Jemias Rand. You know, that sixth right there. Jemias is probably not in the rotation, so that's five. And then your your kind of your wing players right now are just Harrison Barnes, Mo Harkless, and Robert Woodard. Who of those three, Robert Woodard is probably not re- is not ready to be in an NBA rotation. And Lewis King has showed some promise, you know, in the summer league. But then again, he's still a two way player, and it's still just summer league. And I don't know if anyone's going to take what he's doing now and be like, you know what, let's pencil him in for 15, 20 minutes a night starting in October. Probably not going to happen. So, what do the Kings do with all these damn big men? <laughs> That's the question that we all want answered. I don't know if there's an answer yet. I, I still believe you got to give this thing a little time. Give it some time to see exactly who fits where and what you're going to do. I think you got to get the... Oh, sorry about that. Uh, had a little technical difficulty. Oh, wow. Sorry about that, y'all. My phone decided to have a life of its own. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we still have a lot of time to figure out what's going to happen with this roster. But we, I think it's pretty clear. You don't need this many dang big men. <laughs> you really don't. And you have to try to figure out who might be on the move. You got two guys in the last year. Their deals with sizable contracts. Uh, Tristan, not humongous. Tristan's like 9.7, 9.8. Marvin Bagley eleven point three. But you're not going to package Tristan Thompson and Marvin Bagley <laughs> for uh, you know a star. That's not going to happen. So interested to see what Monty McNair does with this group and just kind of get this roster figured out and get some more balance to it get some players some wing players you get you know maybe Lois King ends up being that guy you find and he becomes a part of your rotation I don't know but yeah this is not going <laughs> one thing we know the Kings will have one of the biggest front courts in the league if if things stay the way they are so we'll be on the, we'll all be looking to see exactly what Monty does with this group how they figure this thing out because it's going to be a, uh, yeah, you can't, you got to find some balance to that. So, with all that being said, the Kings are 4-0 in Summer League. And I'm not going to try to sort out the whole tiebreaker and all that point differential of who gets to play in the championship game. I'm not going, you know, it is what it is. I'm not too concerned with that when it comes to the Kings. But the, th- the important things you've seen have been, obviously, Davion Mitchell can play a little. You see some of the offensive uh, potential of Jemias Ramsey. Uh, the last couple of games, Robert Woodard has started to look like he's kind of figuring some stuff out after a real rough start to summer league summer play. I mean, it was pretty bad for Robert. And again, Louis King being a guy who you think, you know, maybe not to start the season, but eventually could be a guy who helps you out at some point, you know, 6'8", know can score can shoot you know being Bobby Jackson mentioned today he's got to get better on defensive end but don't we all I should say or don't they all I don't play for the Kings (laughs) but yeah defense has to uh, continue to get better but all in all summer has looked pretty good for the Kings in Vegas and we'll see what happens with them next in the next couple of days and then at some point I'll jump in and write kind of like a my review my take on the summer, what I've heard about the Kings in the summer, all that fun stuff. So there you go. And with all that being said, all that being bandied about, it's time to move on from the Kings. Oh, I forgot. What was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention one last thing before we move on. Um, coaching changes and not, you know, um, just kind of the chatter from uh, from, from Vegas just the Kings coaching staff is going to look a little different. Obviously, you know, we knew for a while Rex Kalamian was gone. Jesse Mermis, a longtime friend of Luke Walton, both Arizona guys. He's gone to he's now moved on to Orlando. Get, leave some, you know, leaving some some holes on that, that coaching staff uh, just in terms of experience. And we'll see what the Kings do. I mean, they you know adding Doug Christie doesn't fill those holes. I mean, you got you can't you know take a first time coach and drop him in the front of the bench and have him be at the same level of you know with the experience of uh, Alvin Gentry you can, it's not going to happen but right now the kings are short on experience on the you know that they could use some more experience should i say on the coaching staff just to help out i mean you know we all know uh, Rico you know also I forget Bobby Jackson's also no longer on the staff so there's there's some, there's some work to be done there you no, know, the Kings are looking to add at least one more person. The you know, Jonah, Jonah Hershey was uh added to the staff. He interviewed for the G League job. He'd getting Lindsey Harding still around. You know, uh, Stacy Augman, Rico Hines. You no. Know, good chunk of the crew is back, but I'll be interested to see if the Kings go the route of finding some type of a defensive guy again or what they, you know, what they do with that because uh fixing the defense will definitely determine You know, just how this season goes, who sticks around, job security, all that fun stuff. So, okay, I promise I'm done talking Kings. Let's move over to the hip-hop portion of the show. Probably talk too much Kings, no, as it is already. But let's jump into the hip-hop. And don't have a whole lot for you this week. But uh, in terms of new music, Benny the Butcher, he blessed us with a little brief project. I don't like really even calling these albums. Because they're so short, I mean, but Pyrex Picasso dropped um, on the 13th of August. Seven songs, 19 minutes and four seconds. You know, I can't even get a good cardio session into that. But it's good. It's good music. Uh, my favorite track on here is "Fly With Me." Benny the Butcher with Conway the Machine. And what makes this not just Benny, the whole Griselda crew, so entertaining to me is that they're not talking about stuff we haven't heard talked about before. You know the dope game, the rap game, hustling out the streets. It's hard to make that fresh and entertaining, and because like I said, you feel like at this point you've heard it all. You really think you feel like you have, but this music here, like I said, it's fresh. It, like I said, it takes me. It almost takes me back to the Wu Tang era because they just the this the music the sound is so grimy, and I really enjoyed Pyrex Picasso for. The little under 20 minutes that I got to listen to it. <laughs> and I'll be definitely giving it more listens. But yeah. That was just. I want to normalize rappers making albums. That are more than 25-30 minutes. Please. I miss those albums. Give me my 30 minute album. Not not, not even 30. I like these hour long projects. 40, you know, minimum 50. To me back in the day. A 50 minute project was short. But that's the era we live in clearly and maybe some people don't need to be talking that long maybe their rap game isn't where it should be and you don't want to hear them (laughs) for a good hour or whatever but i would definitely listen to benny the butcher for you know i think he could give us good music for a long time and i would definitely give it a listen so again if you're looking for something new check out pyrex picasso you know, that's like I said, good stuff from there. You know, as usual, from The Butcher. And if you ain't never just randomly said The Butcher coming, you know, you probably ain't been in on that good hip hop lately. So I, I suggest you definitely check that out. Give it a listen. Enjoy it. I promise. i I, I, I say, I promise you will enjoy it. If you like hip hop, I promise you will enjoy that project. So, that being said, shoot me your hip hop suggestions. You know, tweet at me at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. If you want, try me on Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Uh, check me out on my other spots. I'll be dropping another wrestling podcast probably after SummerSlam. Be on the lookout for that. I uh, uh, think we're gonna take taking a little, we're taking a little uh, summer break from Culture Calculus, so we'll be back next month with that. But all of our stuff is you know archived. You can check all that stuff out. Shout out to uh, the Basketball Podcast Network. Shout out to DraftKings. Um, if you're looking for somebody uh, <laughs> to put your money on for the Kings and DraftKings, I don't know what you know what you're doing, but I think uh, at some point Davion Mitchell is going to be a guy you like on there. So have fun with that. And uh, again, I am Jason Jones. This is the Ruler of the Court Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Uh, With support from the people at DraftKings Again, get your draft on It's college football season Coming up, the NFL's coming up Which means I'll be probably Angry at the Raiders at some point Very soon So again, y'all take care out there Um, I'll be back soon Until then Stay safe out there Enjoy the rest of your week Until we chat again I'm out